Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles Projections. And today, maybe one of the most important, we have Matt Paert. 6'7", 318 pounds, but he looked like he bulked up a little bit, so maybe he's like 325 pounds. 24 years old, the third rounder out of UConn. He got the, the his first season, he basically started one game due to a Thomas suspension, but he was in and out of that game, they rotated. He played about two and a half games worth of snaps. Um, no true start uh, from beginning to end, so it's hard to really like look at that totally because he never got game plan for in his career. But Justin, is it dramatic to say that there is no single player who is a more bigger deciding factor on this season? No, that's not a hot take, and I would quite frankly agree with you. In terms of established player, or established or non-established players, right? Because if you had to rank the most important players on the Giants roster in terms of going out there and having a really good year, I would say it's Jones. I would say it's Galladay. I would say it's Barkley, Andrew Thomas, and then Matt Parrott is like fifth on that list when you just look at all the guys overall. And when you consider that this is basically Matt Parrott's first rookie year where he's a full-time starter and he's playing right tackle, which is a very, very important position, it's it's a huge year and he definitely has a ton to prove um, as a right tackle for sure. I actually think the 318 pounds is correct because I was looking on pro football reference, pro, pro football focus. They have him down as 301. So the fact that it went up 17 pounds from the previous year, and he's also not, he's not a huge dude. He's more tall than he is huge, but he did certainly bulk up Bobby Skinner. Yeah. When I say like the biggest deciding factor, it's not like, you know, Daniel Jones is the biggest, like how does Daniel Jones play great? Does like, where does he play? But with Parrot, it's like there's such a swing. It's like he could be yeah. horrible and be the disaster. The guy who destroy, like just nukes this offense is Matt Parrot. And he also has the ability to be great. Now, I, I'm not expecting great at all this year. Uh, I really – what I think we're going to get – or what I am thinking we're going to get out of Matt Parrot is there's going to be some games where we're like, this guy is bad. And then there's going to be games like, oh, my gosh, did he bounce back? Because I think that's what he's going to be his first year fully starting. Like, I think there's going to be some guys who, you know, like who are take advantage of him and, and beat him like crazy. And then I think there's going to be some games where we're like, my gosh, this Matt Parrott guy, he can be the real deal. And let's talk about why. Let's get some, uh, since it's so long, we can get a little nerdy on this one. He's got all the tools to be a great player. Like, like and I've made this comparison a million times this offseason. But to him and, and Shane Lemieux. I don't, Shane Lemieux doesn't have the tools to be a great pass blocking guard. Matt Parrott does have the tools to be a great pass blocking tackle, but tools don't mean anything. You got to put it together. The good thing is, is his mistakes were very fixable. They were opening up his hips too early, like open, opening, you know, sliding back, setting, opening up his hips too early, and just giving uh, pass rushers an edge to get around the corner. And that paired with he didn't punch, like he would place his hands, not punch his hands, and that was what got him in trouble. Um, you did see him get a little better at it towards, like. In that Seahawks game, you're like, wow, he's setting, you know, he said he got a good, nice vertical set, power down versus an inside counter, which he didn't get a ton of against because he opened his hips. But then you like watch the Ravens game and it's like, oh my gosh, like he got, he got destroyed, you know, like he had like a really bad sack and he didn't play many drives. So I think it's going to be an issue this year. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be uh, like just putrid, like no hope in this guy issue. But I do think it's going to be an issue because we saw a little bit of it in the Jets game. Now, we haven't watched the Browns game at this point. We're recording this beforehand. But in the Jets game, we saw it on that sack. And I know he there was supposed to be a chip, but that doesn't change 
what Matt Parrott did wrong on that play. In regards to him as a pass blocker, overall aggression, and especially the aggressive hands, is something that I, I at least I definitely want to see out of him more this year. Even as a run blocker, just being a more aggressive football player. Bobby, you know, say what you want about the rest of the four offensive linemen and their strengths and their weaknesses. I feel like they're all nasty dudes. I feel like you know they they, they like to finish their plays. Andrew Thomas is is tossing a dude uh, during the first preseason game on a pass blocking rep. You know, Nick Gates likes to finish his plays. Will Hernandez likes to finish. Lemieux definitely, you know, he he definitely likes to finish. So. The rest of those guys have that nasty mean streak in them. I want to see a little bit more out of the, out of that out of Matt Parrott in in year two. Get some more confidence in you. You know, uh, we haven't seen him play a full slate of snaps in a given game yet, like you said. And we've that never could, seen him be game plan before ever. Either. Right, but also the positive to that is well, you haven't had a game where you just struggled from start to finish. But also the negative to that is. Well, let's just say, like, take, for example, in the Philly game where he comes in for for six snaps, three of them as a pass blocker. Well, if you're getting beat on one of those plays and you're leaving with the sour taste in your mouth, yeah, it's a positive that you're not making more mistakes, but also it's a negative that you don't get your sea legs under you. So you can take it either way with Matt Parrott. So hopefully he was able to take, you know, what he did last year and, you know, know exactly where to pinpoint the weaknesses. If we're realizing where he has to kind of pinpoint his weaknesses, I certainly hope that Rob Sale, Freddie Kitchen, and everybody else is, is realizing it too, especially as a pass blocker with opening up the hips too early and not using your hands aggressively. Those are two pretty simple things, but they're also two pretty essential things that hopefully he should be able to get in line this year. And that's why I think preseason games are like more important for him than any of the other offensive linemen because he hasn't had a ton of like he doesn't have experience every other guy on the offensive line has game experience where he doesn't have that full game and that matters and then you could talk about practice but the Giants edge rushers aren't good you know and even the ones like even in them not being good their strengths kind of play into what Matt Parrott is good at you know like I can see Matt Parrott just handling Aziz Ojalari for a game because because of you know Aziz not being a guy who's gonna you know like bull rush a player, um, even though I think Aziz could win would win some of those reps, but like Matt Parrott has like. But the flip side of him not having that experience is he's also not had the experience to go up and learn and learn from playing because that's how you learn the most is right. from playing. Like you can practice as much as you want, learning from playing. So I think the joint practices, the preseason games matter for him more than any of the other offensive linemen. Um, let's talk about like his positives though in the passing game. Once he's locked on, he mirrors with the best of them. Like he, he's very, any, very he's, athletic. I think he the one positive that he has going for him in all in all facets of his game. I think he he is an NFL quality tackle athlete at the position. Unlike easily, and he's Cam Fleming. Too. Cam Fleming was not. You know, Cam Fleming was just a dude, uh, bumbling, rumbling out there and just do just being okay. Matt Parrott has quality traits to be an athlete at that right tackle spot. And he's got like the natural strength. Like we, we talk about him not punching, and then when we talk about it in the run game too, he's got that natural strength where he can tr- control you with his hands without leaning. You know, and when you talk about being mean, a lot of that honestly is leaning, which you're taught not to do. But in reality, if you're an offensive lineman, you do lean. Mm-hmm. Like there's, for the most part, like 99% of guys can't move somebody without leaning. Matt Parrott is the one guy who can. And that's why, like, when you talk about like that whole like mean streak. I don't think you're ever really going to get that from Matt Parrott where he's doing that. He's going to move guys. He's going to like do stuff in the run well. But I don't ever see him being that. Um, 
But again, like his positives. Once he wins that rep, he wins. Like he can mirror with the best one. His footwork's great. He's not leaning. His balance is amazing. Like it's great. Like it looks almost weird the way he has his arms. They're almost at like 90 degree angles. <laughs> and like he can't be like pulled forward. Like he just has that natural strength, balance, and athleticism to where, you know, even Andrew Thomas, who is much, you know, much better and should be much better than him, like maybe doesn't have that Matt Parrott has where. And that's why Matt Parrott was drafted in the third round, even being uh, a project-type like uh, type player. I guess most tackles in the third round are probably project guys. Um, let's talk about in the run game. Has the raw strength to move guys? Like you said, he's not going to be leaning on guys and you know going crazy, but he's got that natural strength. Um, but also, that's a good thing, too. Is like He's not going to get caught leaning. Like Matt Parrott's not going to really fall on his face. And he pancakes guys off the snap, too, which is, that's hard. Like You don't see that a ton. And athleticism wise he has everything you need to run any scheme like yep. he can pull like he, and he did that actually at UConn a lot you can run outside zone with him I don't know if his footwork is there um and the Giants didn't run really outside zone when he played so it's hard to say and, and UConn didn't really at all he has the athleticism I don't know if he has the footwork that footwork has to be taught I do think the Giants are going to try and install that this year supposedly they wanted to last year which didn't make sense with Cam Fleming as your tackle. It makes a little more sense with Matt Parrott and uh, and obviously Saquon. Um, works combos well. Uh, like like he's a he's a solid run blocker. He, I don't think he'll ever you know he doesn't have the ceiling that an Andrew Thomas has, but he's a solid run blocker. Um, and and if you even look at the preseason game, him and Will Hernandez were working combos very yeah. well. I don't think this Giants offensive line right now is getting enough credit for the unit that they are together as a run-blocking unit. Now, pass-blocking is more important because if you're not throwing the ball efficiently in the NFL, you kind of aren't doing anything unless you are. No, even the Titans and the Ravens and the 49ers throw it very efficiently. The run complements what they're doing very well, but neither here nor there. If you're not throwing the ball efficiently as a pass-blocking and pa- as a pass-blocking unit helping that passing offense, you're not anywhere in the NFL. But Giants offensive line, they're still not getting enough uh credit as a run blocking unit and I think you know Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas their primary strengths being their run blocking is kind of going to be the 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 engine that that gets this train kind of rolling here so I'm excited for the Giants and their ability this year and Matt Parrott's ability to show off kind of from the start his ability as a as a positive good run blocker I think that's going to get even if he struggles a little bit as a pass blocker Bobby I think that's going to be the thing that's going to get fan that like Fans on his side saying that he's a solid run blocker. And I think the Giants often, like, they added all these weapons, but I do think they, re- like, they're not dumb. They know what to say their offensive line. And I know people get mad about, you know, efficiency stuff, but I do see the Giants not being a run first team, but running the ball more than the average team because they know their offensive line's mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, the, like, setting them up to not have to be in, in uh, like where it's just pass, 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 and it's like okay, let's take advantage of Matt Parrott here. Like let's play into our guys' strengths. So yeah, I mean they did that last year in, in like quarters one through three. They were the team. They're one of the teams that ran the ball the most in the NFL. But then the fourth quarter, the problem is, is if you're down in football games in the fourth quarter, the Giants were throwing the ball left and right, left and right, left and right. So there needs to be a little bit more of a balance. But I do get what you're saying. Where if the, if the strength of this team is going to be their run blocking and it's going to be Saquon Barkley, then you're going to have to use it, and it's going to probably be more than I like all right anything else on matt parrot no root <laughs> there's a guy i usually end these ppps saying uh rooting for you i want you to say that you're not rooting for one of them because you say it on every episode well it's you root for the guys in blue i mean that's that's what you got to do but if there's one where i really mean it 
<laughs> if there's one where I really mean it. You know, maybe Nate Solder, I say it a little bit sarcastically. But Matt Parrott, rooting for you, brother. Um, you know, go out there, be good, be this right tackle that uh, this franchise has been looking for and, you know, be a part of this offensive line that hopefully is going to be here for a long time. No doubt. All right, let's take a break. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. We have Carter Coughlin, six foot three, two hundred thirty-six pounds, twenty-four years old, and we saw a preseason game of him in his new position, so we can talk about him now. He had twenty-two and a half sacks at the University of Minnesota. Look at my ratio on uh, Slater film breakdown. Like Carter Coughlin has real pass rush moves, like like pretty good pass rush moves, especially for someone that was drafted in the seventh round by the New York Giants, the first of four seventh rounders in, in two thousand twenty. So he's a very interesting player where it's like he has pass rush moves. He has pass rush moves better than a lot of guys that are drafted ahead of him. But he didn't really have the size and the strength to be an edge. You know, he played 18% of the snaps and became more involved later in the year just because of, you know, missing guys on the edge and injury. You know, Carter down, Zimenez gone, Fackrell gone, Golden gone. Like they, they just had to play whoever they had on the roster. And what he showed at the edge was he could win versus slow offensive tackles. But like you look at him versus Jedrick Wills and Jedrick Wills just totally owned him. You know, and that's someone who has good strength and athleticism. So he was probably never going to be a consistent role uh, as an edge player in the NFL because he had that ceiling. But he looks really good at inside linebacker so far. I have a pop quiz for you. I've tweeted it out once, and I think I've said it on the show. But let's see how closely you pay attention to things that I say. Carter Coughlin had two QB hits last year. One of them was an interesting one that applies to his role in 2021. Do you it was know? versus Seattle in, at inside linebacker in the A-gap. Against Russell Wilson. You are correct. Yeah. I always, so, I'm always paying attention. We did a whole segment on that. I remember that we very did. clearly. Yeah, and we made a whole YouTube video on it. I, I, that was, it was a snowball snowball quiz question. Yeah, so uh, Carter Coughlin did have two QB hits last year. He had five pressures, mostly coming from the edge spot. But one of the two QB hits that he did have was coming from the A-gap, lining up as like an inside linebacker, going around on a stunt and laying a pretty good licking on Russell Wilson in our biggest win of the year. Bobby, I have a feeling that these Carter Coughlin takes that we're going to have in this episode, or at least at least me, that I may have in this episode, I may look back on it. Well, I've got some pump the brakes stuff. Like it's you should get excited about Carter Coughlin, but I do have some pump the brakes a little bit talk. I'm ready to I'm ready to anoint him Kyle Van Noy. I'm ready. I'm ready for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's not the word like it's not like we're asking him like. Like Kyle Van Noy is not a crazy comparison. Yeah. Also, Kyle. People do act. I think people do give Kyle Van Noy a little bit more credit than he deserves sometimes because he's not like this great, awesome pass rusher who also can play interior linebacker. He's just a very good Swiss Army knife, and he's a very good versatile player where you never know what he's going to do or where he's going to be on a football field. So that is valuable within itself. And clearly, the New England slash Brian Flores slash Joe Judge line of thinking, Patrick Graham line of thinking, they value that too, and it works in their defenses. So I am ready to be like, this guy is going to be the next Kyle Van Noy. So, but like I said, we can look back at this 12 months from now because this guy was a seventh round pick and I could be like, wow, that, you know, way too high on Carter Coughlin. Or we can be like, you know what? That's exactly right. And the Giants would have two linebackers that they took in the seventh round of the 2020 draft who are major con- tr- contributors on their defense. And that is absolutely wild. 
Well, let me do my pump the brake takes, and then go we can go full in on on just full bloom, like what can Carter Coughlin be? I'm smiling too much. So We're recording this after the Jets game and before the Browns preseason game, so maybe, you know, maybe it's totally. Maybe we have to re-record this, but he hasn't been tested in coverage from the in, inside linebacker spot, and I don't think he's gonna ever gonna be like destructing first team offensive line blocks in the run game. You know, like he's gonna have to win with his speed and aggression, which is fine. You know, like I'm fine with that too. You know, he could be the he could be the starter next to Blake Martinez playing like that. But he did look good, man. And the th- first thing I look for, especially with someone who's young and, and and in Carter Coughlin's case, new to the position, is do you play aggressive and with instincts and not afraid of making mistakes? Because I think that really is the, just the difference of of like all these guys can play in the NFL. They all have ability. You know, I really do think the biggest difference is. How quick do you process plays and do and with new process do you go? Or do you sit there and then you let it take on a block and you you know, you play half the man and then you're making a tackle five yards down the field? Like I think that's what the difference is between bad linebackers and okay and, and like good linebackers is a lot of the time it's just that. You know, it's why I like a guy like Tay Crowders. Like he doesn't just sit there. TJ Brunson, he does. Um hope TJ Brunson gets healthy, uh, come back stronger next year. But yeah, he I mean he looked good. He was playing his gaps quick, aggressively, instinctively. You know, he had to tackle for a loss. And it's like, okay, he can do if he can do all that and be the same pass rusher that he is, he's gonna be a true blue weapon for Patrick Graham. Like we talked about, you know, like he can he can win versus slow offensive tackles. Well, guess what slow offensive tackles are in the NFL? Centers and guards. So he's gonna be able to win those battles as a pass rusher brought in. And then you could put him out on the edge and be like, hey. Bend the corn on this. This is third down. We're blitzing. Get around that edge. And if he oversets, kill his ass inside. Like, he can do all that stuff. Like, if he can be a even just a serviceable inside linebacker, he's a, he's a big-time weapon for Patrick Graham. Yeah, absolutely. And one of his, speaking of his quickness, one of his pressures that he did have last year was against Cincinnati where, you know, he doesn't run around a guy. You know, he actually – in. It was – in, inside and he like also set him up outside overset bam inside yep and then he put that foot in the ground and he cut right inside he also did a pretty solid job i'm excited for him if he goes up against tight ends in the run game as well where yeah you know guys like jedrick wills you know maybe he got pushed around a little bit and i, I know some other people have said that carter coffin got pushed around a little bit towards the latter half of the season when going up against tackles but if he's going to be lining up on the edge a little bit more kind of like as like this off ball linebacker more this year. If you want to put a tight end up against some good luck. I mean, our edge rushers and Porter Coffin is a pseudo edge rusher. Those guys are expected to win those one-on-one battles with blocking tight ends. They're expected to win those battles. And he did it last year against Cleveland. I think the, the best plays that he had in the Cleveland game were when he was, was when he was going up against tight ends. And I think he did the same thing in Seattle as well. So this dude can be a Swiss army knife. There's a lot of Swiss army knives on this Giants defense, which is a really, really cool thing where you never know what they're going to be. You never know where they're going to go. Love is one of them. Uh, Carter Coffin's right up there with uh, a versatile Julian Love as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time, like, you know, just repeating the same takes, but, like, he can be a weapon. If he can play that inside linebacker position, okay, he can be a weapon. And, you know, I think, you know, if he can turn to next Kyle Van Noy, awesome. But if he's not, like, as good as still, like, a seventh-round pick, being someone who you can play 40% of the snaps or whatever, like, it's fine, too. And I think he would, if he continues, if he shows out for the rest of preseason like this, and then, like, why, why can't he 
why can't he take the role of, uh, you know, per, uh, surpass Tay Crowder and Reggie Ragland? You know, and people, I mean, people know I like Tay Crowder. And Reggie Ragland's, you know, he's like, he's a solid linebacker in the NFL. But there's no reason why Carter Coughlin can't, uh, you know, like like take take that number two role next yeah. to Blake Martinez. Yeah, take more of a role, but you know, we got to see him against starters. Yes, you know, we're we're high on the sky based off of performance of his against backups. We got to see him more or less with starters. He's transitioning to this position that he was projected. To, I guess you know the the draft talking heads and maybe the people inside the building wanted him to be like this off ball linebacker from the jump, but because of the edge depth chart last year, it was just tough and he couldn't do it. You know, the inside linebacker depth was okay with Crowder and Martinez there pretty consistently. And then the edge depth chart obviously dwindled from the first quarter of the season down to Kyle Fackrell and then who the hell is this guy? I was very anti-switch Carter Coughlin to interior linebacker when it first happened because I briefly watched that, you know, segment that we did when it was when it was announced that he was going to. And the reason why I was against it is because he was just so naturally good of a pass rusher with some good pass rushing moves from a guy that we took in the seventh round. And that's usually pretty rare. That's usually pretty rare for a guy to, you know, first of all, even just in the first three rounds of the NFL draft, sometimes you're just drafting an athlete and they're hoping they can develop some of those moves. But this guy had the pedigree. He had the uh, production in the Big Ten. Plus, also he had all those pass rushing moves. So I was against it at first. But now it, you know, now it's like, well, if they if they've carved out this role and he could still have the best of both worlds of being a pass rusher plus what a typical interior linebacker does, I'm all for it. Right on. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>